Welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Glenn Jones, and we're talking about Upper Cumberland history. Today I have with me on the chat Miss Vonda Dixon. She's from Smith County. Hi, Vonda. Well, hi, Glenn. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, we'd like to know, we're talking about history. What got you interested in history? And tell us some things that you do of the Upper Cumberland and all around that you're interested in history. Okay. I think my early um, interest in history just began as a child because we were always visiting national parks and battlefields and forts. And I believe that um, that just began it, plus my interest in family history. So you do genealogy and all of that. I sure do. I do it for other people as well as for myself. I have a couple of lines way back, one to Scotland, which I'm actually a member of the Campbell clan. And I'm back to the Mayflower. I'm a member of DAR and UDC. I love history. You worked for the Smith County Library? Yes, I did. I worked there nine years, and they have a nice little genealogy and history room. So I was um, unofficially the genealogist for Smith County for all those years. I would help anyone who came in looking for their family history. Where's the library located in Carthage? It's right on the square. Square right behind the courthouse mm-hmm. is a building. So it's right there. You can't miss the courthouse. We're right behind it. Is there archives connected to the library? It used to be. Is it still that way? Uh, the archives are in the old courthouse. The new justice system was built out on the bypass, so all the legal offices moved out there. The old courthouse does contain the archives and the veteran service officer. The top floor that had been a courtroom is um a theater venue now. So the library is like right next door to the Correct. courthouse. So it's real close to go to both of them. So you're interested a lot in the Civil War reenactments and all that. That's correct. I've been been doing that for about 16 years now. And I spend a lot of my summers in living in Canvas at Battlefields doing programs. I do programs at um, meetings, historical societies, battlefields, um, any historic venue that would like programs. So you dress up and you do the whole thing. You be you become a character that you're portraying. That's true. That is true. I have I have a lot of hoop skirts and I live in a canvas tent, sleep on a cot, eat over a campfire. Yes, we live it. We live it. Try to be as um, as um, accurate as we can be. So you go to these battlefields, these Civil War battlefields. Do you go all over Tennessee, or do you go to other states also? Um, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky. Um, I've been to Gettysburg, but that's just kind of that's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. But basically, um, the states that are connected to Tennessee. What's your favorite um, battlefield in Tennessee to go to? Shiloh. Shiloh is is just an experience. It's wonderful. It's also more rugged. The um, modern civilization towns haven't moved in on it like some of the others. 
So it's more rule around it? Yes, it sure is. Like Franklin, you know, it's it's got the city right around it. Absolutely. And the same with Chattanooga. We've speaking with Vonda Dixon. She's from Smith County on the chat, and we've been discussing Vonda's interest in history. Uh, what other things that you do you do? Like you you were a character at the Baxter Depot, you were Aunt Polly. Tell us about Aunt Polly and and how you got involved in that and just okay. everything you know about it, because I know you research and do all of that. I have researched Aunt Polly. She's been just really an interesting lady. I've been researching and uh, her for about 16 years and have been portraying her for most of those years. So, yes, recently I've been at the Baxter Depot. Depot, the Jackson County Historical Society, and um, Granville Heritage Day, portraying Aunt Polly. You know, when I first started working in Gainesboro was when I learned about Aunt Polly, heard about her, and she was just so fascinating, I wanted to know more. So Aunt Polly herself was born in 1839 there in Gainesboro, above Gainesboro a little bit. Her parents, James and Elizabeth Bennett Locke, her her born name, her name when she was birthed was Mary Ann Christian Locke. So she was born and raised right above where the Cumberland and Roaring Rivers come together. Um, her father had a land grant and he ran a ferry boat. Now, She was kind of a big, strong girl, so she learned to pull that ferry across the the river. It was pulled by ropes from one side to the other. You didn't have to paddle it. You pulled it. And she paddled um, or pulled the ferry across with people and supplies when she wasn't but 10 years old. However, being the oldest child, she had to help. She didn't have to do that job for too long because she got married at age 13. So back then, a lot of girls probably got married at 13. Well, not probably not as many as you would think. From the years of genealogy that I've done, that is really exceptional. There, um, I know people tend to believe that, but for the most part, the ages weren't a whole lot different than they are today. But James was 10 years older than her. James Eaton, he was um, of one of the first families of Gainesboro. His parents were the first marriage in the new county seat of Gainesboro. Prior to that, county seat of Jackson County had been over on the other side of the river. You might have heard of Williamsburg and Fort Blunt. Well, the county seat was over there. When it moved to Gainesboro, his parents were the first marriage within the new county seat, and his sister, whose name was America, she was the first baby born in um, in the new town of Gainesboro. Now, his parents had a tavern, and that was how my hotel hotel keeping began because of the um, experiences I had. So when Aunt, when Aunt Polly married James Eaton, she became an innkeeper then? Yes, pretty much, besides a very busy mother. How many children did she have? Well, she and James had eight. Eventually, she had one more with her last husband, but she and James Eaton had eight children. So um, not all of them lived to adulthood, though. Only four did. So half of her children died young. 
I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat. We've been speaking with Vonda Dixon, and we'll be right back. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat. We've been speaking with Vonda Dixon from Smith County, and we've been discussing a pretty interesting character. It was a woman who lived in the early 1800s in Jackson County, and Vonda Dixon does a lot of reenactments, and she also portrays that character, and she's been doing a lot of research on Aunt Polly, and let's find out some more stuff that you know. Okay. Well, Glenn, as you said, Aunt Polly, you know, nobody really knows when she started being called Aunt Polly. Since her birth name was Mary Ann Christian Locke, and then she married James Eaton. But when she began being called Aunt Polly, no one knows how or why. I suppose just because everyone knew her and loved her, that she was like everyone's family. Now, I was um, telling you about her husband, James. When the war came, the Civil War, that is, he joined the Confederate Army, as did two of his brothers and two of Polly's brothers. They all, you know, it was, they all went off to war. Most of them were in the um, 8th and 28th Tennessee Infantries. James came home sooner and joined Shaw and Hamilton's cavalry. But it was a really, really hard time in the Upper Cumberlands because back and forth, it was Union territory and then Confederate. The land was picked dry. The women had to not only take care of their children, but do all the jobs that men had done previously. So it was a hard time for the ladies. Um, one interesting story, some blue-coated soldiers came to her door and wanted her whiskey, and she was not about to give it to them. And they said, lady, give it to us or we could kill you. And she raised her gun and snarled at them. Then you had better be doggone quick about it. Well, they backed down and they left. They didn't get her whiskey. They didn't hurt her or her family either. Well, what was interesting that the what she wore that made her stand out different than other ladies in the community? Well, she always wore a man's hat and she smoked a pipe. Now, I, I would think a little, probably several ladies smoked pipes back then. It wasn't as unusual as what we would think today. But yes, she was pretty well noted for her pipe and her man's hat. So she also carried guns, too. Well, that that rifle was in her house anyway, and she was protecting her home and her possessions. Now, another time, James found out that, um, or word got to her that James was hiding in the caves down below Gainesboro, and she wanted to take him some food. She knew so he'd be hungry. So this was during the Civil War. Yes, still during the war. She took a little pail of food, crawled on her hands and knees through the dark to feed her husband. There were many stories of, of things that happened during that time. After the Battle of Mill Springs, which the Union calls Mill Springs, the South calls it... Um, Fishing Creek. Fishing Creek, thank yeah. you. I went brain dead there for a moment. <laughs> Yes, all the houses in Gainesboro were used for hospitals. They brought soldiers down the river on boats and used the houses for hospitals. Well, 
there was um, there's only one left that had been used as a hospital. Many of the houses, you know, over the years have been just deteriorated. We're speaking with Vonda Dixon, and we've been discussing the Civil War, Aunt Polly, her role, and her husband, James Eaton. And tell us more about Aunt Polly. Okay. Well, let me tell you that um, there was a convoy of Union ships that came down the river. They were the 129th Illinois. Well, Confederates fired on them from five different locations, including Gainesboro. Retaliation came. Colonel McConnell and the 71st Ohio burned the town of Old Columbus to the ground. I can't even imagine how terrifying it was for the people in Gainesboro. Their town was saved because the Union wanted to use the buildings. But can you even imagine what it would be like looking right across the river and knowing people over there and seeing that town on fire? I can't even imagine. And that, can't even the, imagine. and that was the town of Old Columbus. The town of Old Columbus, correct. Is there anything left of the old town? No, there's nothing left. There's a sign marking the that it happened. There's a Civil War trail marker out there. But the town was burnt and it was never rebuilt. Now, eventually, of course, the war did end. James came home to his family. But he had a dream one night that when crossing the river, he would his horse would stumble, he would fall in and drown. Well, Polly told him that was just foolishness. He was a good swimmer. He would never drown. Well, his dream came about. When they couldn't find his body, Polly took one of his shirts down to the river. This was the Caney Fork and threw his shirt in. And it swirled around in the current and swirled around and swirled around. And finally, when it hung, she said, that's where you'll find his body. And that is how it happened. And they found the body. They found his body. Well, this will probably sound kind of strange. Um, She married again three weeks later. Three weeks later? Three weeks later. That is... Kind of a short period of mourning, I guess. But she did marry twice more. But but this time was only three weeks later. His name was um, Norman Frost. History records him as a ne'er-do-well. He was kind of a wild fella. They say he came to town about a year before. And at night, he would drive in... Ride his horse, not drive, ride his horse into town, shooting off his guns, threatening to kill certain people, usually drunk. But he was eventually um, shot down on the streets of Gainesboro. The townspeople had had enough. They hid behind the doors. And when he came to town, shooting off his guns, they retaliated. Four bullets found their mark. The coroner called it a justifiable homicide. How long was she married to him? She was married 21 days. 21 days. 21 days. That's a pretty short marriage. Yes. And from the sounds of him, it's probably good that it was short. (laughs) 
I'm Glenn Jones, your host on The Chat. We've been speaking with Vonda Dixon, and we'll be right back. I'm Glenn Jones. I'm your host on The Chat, and we've been speaking with Vonda Dixon from Smith County. She used to work at the library. She was the genealogist at the library. She's always been interested in history in the area, Jackson, Putnam, the whole state of Tennessee. She does reenactments with the Civil War, and we've been discussing Aunt Polly, who she likes to perform at different events and tell Aunt Polly's life story. Can you continue telling us more about Aunt Polly? I would be pleased to. Uh, During this time, this short period of mourning and this short marriage, um, her 15-year-old son left home. We don't really know if he was upset that she married so soon or that the guy was really a desperado as the newspaper called him but he left home at 15 and didn't come back however he did make a successful very successful career on the railroads so his life turned out turned out well but aunt polly did become a hotel keeper she was the proprietress of the maxwell and the harley hotels at different times the maxwell was across the street from the courthouse and the harley is where the shamrock is today however today it's apartments it's no longer a hotel building there were very famous people who stayed in her hotel and thus she became very very famous all up and down the river two of her most famous um, guests were judge gore and cordell hull in cordell hull's life um, in 1910 aunt polly's hotel was listed as his residence for people who don't know who Cordell Hull was, tell a little quick thing about who he was, how important well, he was. Well, the father of the United Nations. There is everything in the Upper Cumberland name for Cordell Hull. He was um, a very popular politician. So was Judge Gore. He was locally, though. Um, they had they had kept her stories far and wide people talked about her one time judge gore seated on the courthouse or on the um porch of her hotel a dog was howling there and he said what are you howling for you don't have to eat it she told him you don't have to eat it either and that just hushed him up judge gore never complained again and they say that when she rang the dinner bell court would adjourn for the noon meal she was loved and even if you couldn't afford food she didn't want to see anyone go hungry and she would take care of people now one time a stranger came into town after a big heavy rain there was no pavement back then and he said ma'am where where's Gainsborough at and she said you just jump down off that wagon you'll be up to your knees in it so she had she had quite a sense of humor also um but due to the innkeeping and customers Coming up and down the river, that was a main form of transportation at that time. She became so well-known. Gainsborough even had a tobacco company, the Gainsborough Tobacco Company, and named two grades of their tobacco after Aunt Polly. There was Aunt Polly Tobacco, which I have a label from one of them. But she was known far away, not just Gainsborough or Carthage, but as far away as Knoxville, Chattanooga, Jackson, and Nashville. Her names, there are write-ups about her in all those papers. There was even a traveling salesman down in Texas who asked about her. 
So doing all your research, you found all of this stuff about her. Absolutely. Research is fun. It must have been amazing finding all that about her. That is true. There are many newspaper articles about her. I'm Glenn Jones, your host on the chat, and we've been speaking with Vonda Dixon, and we've been discussing Aunt Polly. So Aunt Polly was a popular person from Jackson County. She was known in Nashville. That's right. Jackson, Chattanooga, um, Knoxville. Her name was in the papers in all the big cities of Tennessee. So I heard a story that she knew the governor. Was that true? She did. She knew the governor. His name was Malcolm Patterson. She called him Ham. One time, a black man who worked for her, he was um, the manager of her livery stable. Because back then, you had to have a livery stable to go with your hotel. That was transportation. Well, he got jailed for moonshining. Well, she really needed his help. She got on a steamboat, headed down to Nashville, and right to Governor Patterson's office. His secretary was amazed that this woman wanted to see the governor, and he he went in and told him, there is a woman out here wearing a man's hat and smoking a pipe, and she wants to see you. And the governor said, well, send Aunt Polly in. She was very well known. Well, she told the governor what she wanted, um, and he said, but... Polly, is is he guilty? And she said, why, he's guilty of sin. That is not the point. I need him. She boarded the boat with a signed pardon in her hand from the governor. And you know what? When she got back to Gainesboro, realized that the pardon was for him, but it didn't alleviate his fines. So she wrote him a letter um, asking him to, to amend his pardon because he had forgotten to alleviate the man's fines. So she was she was quite a quite a lady. Um so in your research you actually found that exact letter, a copy of that it. That is true. That is true and I have it right here. So that that's amazing to me that a uh, you know, you think of Annie Oakley and all of that. So we had our own Annie Oakley right here in in the area. That is so true. Turns out, you know, because of all these annex, she was the most Famous woman to ever come out of Jackson County. She had, um, <laughs> she also was rather political. Um, Governor Patterson, who was a Republican, was debating Sen- Senator Carmack, who was a Democrat. Can you imagine 4,000 people coming to Gainsboro to hear them debate? What, about what year was that? Late 1800s? Um, early 19. Yes. So she had, um, she also, when the stage was empty, managed to climb up there and give a few speeches herself, supporting Governor Patterson, although everyone was always respectful to Senator Carmack. Um, in March of 1881, she married her last husband. His name was Thomas Jefferson Williams. He had also been a Confederate soldier in the same regiment that her first husband, James, had been in. Now, that is gives her the name that most people are familiar with, Polly Williams, which is even written on her gravestone, Polly Williams. So that was her last name after she married Tom. Now he had been a barber in the right beside her hotel. So Gangsboro at that time was more of a hustle bustle, busy city than you would think today compared to Cookville. 
and the surrounding area. It must have really been a lot going on there. That is very true. That's very true. I would like to thank Vonda Dixon from Smith County for being on the chat today, and we've enjoyed talking with you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you very much. Thank you.